so glad to be here on this wonderful Sabbath day. God is so good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. And we're here just to give praise and honor to his precious and holy name. We invite and thank you for coming out. Those who are here in the house, those who are online, we ask you to come and worship with us. We ask you to stand and sing with us. Sabbath rest. He has watched over us. He has kept us. And we're so grateful for the many wonderful things that he continues to do. And so just before we enter into prayer, we want to go ahead and welcome our visitors. We have any visitors with us here today? Any visitors? Hey, man. What's the name? Tanya? Hey, man. We want to say welcome, Tanya. You are a visitor, but only once. After that, you family. So we look forward to seeing you again. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to welcome all those online. God is truly with us. He's going to keep us. He's going to bear with us. Amen. He's our God. He's our Savior. And that's who, who he is. And so we're going to go ahead and we want to get into a few announcements and then we'll enter into prayer. Okay? Is that all right? All right. We want to remember our backpack Sabbath on July 29th. What month? What day? July 29th. Backpack Sabbath. We are on the last day of April here and we are still collecting crayons. Amen. 
So we want to make sure we're trying to fill 250 bags. Amen. We can do it. And I promise you that when we do it, we will feel so good because God has blessed us and allowed us to be able to do it. And so as we enter into May, I don't know exactly what the next one is, but you can get with Sister Brenda and she can give you the, the printout and we'll see what our next uh, collection is going to be. But we want to remember Backpack 20, uh, July 29th. Amen. Want to keep in prayer our, our saints that are away at our marriage retreat. Amen. We got four couples up there. Amen. Now, somebody ought to say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Want to also keep our pastor in prayer, Pastor Jonathan Field and, and, and First Lady Melanie. God is so good. And he's blessed. Even on the transition of districting, he made it a smooth transition. God is so good. And we thank him for that. Want to thank the Lord for all of our members who work so hard. Y'all look good out there too, by the way. And I thank you for all that you continue to do in this house. And we want to continue to share this gospel and spread it to the world. Let them know that he's coming soon. And we're looking forward to it. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, all that you continue to do. We ask your blessings, Lord, to fall fresh upon this hour. That, Lord, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, that every fiber that we have will be in tune with you. We ask, Lord, that you will bless our speaker, Elder Kwame, Lord. We ask that you bless the choir. Lord, continue to move mightily. Touch our sick, Sister Elaine and, and Sister Beverly and, and, and many others, Lord. We ask special prayer, Lord, upon all your children who are falling away. Somehow, some way, Lord, touch. Pull them, Lord. Nudge them. Do whatever's necessary, but bring them home. We ask these things, Lord, in your precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, stand with us. There's no God like our God. 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 Everybody sing it. There's no God. There's no God like our God. Jehovah Jireh. My provider. Jehovah Nisi. God my banner, Jehovah Shalom, God of peace, there's no God, let's take it up, there's no God, there's no God, there's no God, there's no God, everybody sing it, there's no God, there's no God, there's no God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, God my banner, God my banner, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, God of peace, God of peace, there's no God, there's no God, let's take it up one more time, there's no God, there's no God like our God, there's no God like our God, there's no God like our God, everybody see, there's no God like our God. 
I just had to give a testimony today. As I said last week, I was just giving in two words, Jesus saves. There's no none like him. Where he just, in his loving kindness and in the goodness of God's heart, he just see us and just love us for who we are. And, and he wants to transform us to what he wants us to be. Amen. And that is to be fit for his kingdom. What do you say? So there's none like him, and because of that, we should just give him praise, honor, and glory. Amen? But at this time, you know, there's a, a great need from, from God. Uh, you know, there's a great, we have a need from God. What do you say? We need, you know, God to come into our lives like never before. And we need him to do something special in our life to testify of his goodness so the world can see Jesus in us. Amen? So they can see why it's good to have a relationship with him. Amen? So we need something special and it's called the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So if that's your desire today, I'm just going to ask you to meet me down front. We're going to ask God for some special things and we're going to believe by faith that he's going to deliver. Because there's none like him, and he's the only one can do what is needed in our lives. Amen? So come on and meet me down front.
Spirit of the living God. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We acknowledge you being the only true God. We worship you now in the beauty of your holiness. And as a result of our worship, inhabit our praise, God, please. And as a result of that, God, we ask that you pour out your spirit on us. Because we need to be more like you. We want to have the very nature of our creator. Where love has been seen in the world through us that you truly is real and you truly exist and you truly want us to be fit for your kingdom. God, sometimes we fall short of your glory, but we are so grateful for the amazing grace that you shared for us every day. We are so grateful and thankful that truly mercy follow us every day of our lives. For that we say thank you. Lord, in this tough and wretched world that evil is poisoning all around us, where violence is at an all-time high, but we see the protection of our God. For that we say thank you. Where we see famine and pestilence and and earthquakes and tornadoes and all sorts of natural disasters and floods and fires is happening all over the world but we see the protection of our God for our lives for that we say thank you but Lord you know that there is a special need in our lives that special need is your spirit so we can have a better close connection and relationship with thee because that's the only thing that's going to help us last until the end is our relationship with you so Lord we ask now that you will forgive us for all of our shortcomings and our ignorance and our sins and our dumb and stupidity Lord we just ask that you now empower us not to do that foolishness anymore and help us to love you a little bit better, a little bit stronger, God. So our relationship will be more concrete. And Lord, we pray that all the other things that we need to survive in this world, we ask that you bless and heal our physical ailments, God. You see Sister Elaine and you see Sister Beverly and you see Sister Drea Doyle. You see Sister Carolyn Love and you see all the people in our church and in our community, even in our families. God, we ask that you give a special visitation to them. Let them know that you are near and that you know, let them know that you haven't forsaken them. And Lord, raise them up in their spirit and give them peace and let them know that you are there. I pray, Lord, for those who are in hospitals and those who are in nursing homes, those who are behind prison walls. God, I ask that you go and give a special visitation to somebody so they can be saved. Let them know that you are the true and living God. 
and that you have called them into a relationship with you and if they just repent of their sins that you will be faithful and just to forgive them and bring them to a newness of life. I pray today, God, that you move on the earth that you created. Even though men have poisoned it and ruined it with evil deeds, God, I pray that your spirit move. Lord, please. So we believe by faith that you have a word for your people today that we can be empowered and we can be changed and we can be stronger in our faith and in our relationship with thee. So touch your manservant right now. Elder Kwame, out of Tutu God, I pray that you lift him up in his spirit, give him the strength in his body, and then give him the anointings from your word to teach your people, God, that we, Lord, will draw closer to thee. Now I pray that everything that I've asked, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight and allow the anointing to continue to be poured down in the sanctuary. For the blessed hope of Jesus Christ will empower us. Keep us now. Remember us now. As we continue to worship you in the beauty of your holiness and spirit and in truth. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And remember our families all over this world. And let the church say, Amen. Hallelujah. Just knowing that he woke us this morning. What greater name to call out than Jesus? You know, he has taken us, got us through this week, allowed us to rise and be able to worship. And we just want to thank him for that. You know, and every time you think about what God has done, you think about how can I give back to him? How can I share with others the love of Christ? And that's through our stewardship, time, through our temples, through our treasures, through our talents. It's an awesome thing that God has allowed us to be able to have a part of and to share with others. You know, every time you come into contact with someone, you have a gift that you can share with them, whether it's singing, whether it's praying, whether it's giving a dime or a dollar. Whether it's just telling them just how much Jesus loved and showing them through how he has kept you. You want to share that with them. You want to also remember that in so doing, you can give back in other ways as well. Like when we go out to worship and, and serve the community. One of those things that we talked about earlier is backpack community. Backpack Sabbath, July 29th. I'm going to keep reiterating that. I want us to make sure that we hit that mark. Because when we say how it happened, we'll be able to say Jesus. Say the name. It was Jesus. And so we want to continue to remember crayons right now. This is the last day for April. But going into May, we want to continue that drive. 
And so when you think about how to share your, your, your gift of God, you want to give your time, you want to give your talent, you want to give your treasure, and most importantly, take care of your temple. Amen. And don't forget the trees. Those are God's blessings as well. And so as we take care of nature, nature will take care of us. I promise you that. And so as we enter into our, our, our collection of our offering, when I ask our deacons if they'll come forward as we uh, prepare to collect our tithe and our offering, I want to reiterate that 10% tithe and an offering, preferably 5 to 10% more. But we do have a goal that we need to meet. We do have a goal that we need to meet as a body, as a church, if we want to secure our pastor. And you know what that goal is. I won't go over the numbers, but you know what that goal is. And so what we're asking for is faithful members to turn faithful tithe as we pray. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, we thank you for keeping us upright. Lord, we thank you even for having given us the jobs, Lord, so that we can return back to you. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of this wonderful message, to spread this gospel. As we look forward, Lord, to that wonderful climatic time when you shall break through the clouds and we shall lift up our heads and say, Lord, this is our God. We have waited for him and now he has come. So, Lord, bless this offering. Let it be used according to your will so that souls will be touched, saved, and brought home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven. You came from heaven to, to show the way. To show the earth to the cross, from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the side, Lord, I lift your name on Lord, I lift your name on high. Hallelujah. Let's take it up. Lord, I lift your name on
Happy Sabbath. Why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Uh, that's part of a song that I believe you know very well. And for the next few minutes, I want us to consider the questions in the song. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? And why should my heart feel lonely? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here to listen to your word. We pray that your spirit will be with us. Direct our hearts to heaven and help, help us to worship you with the angels above. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture reading is from Psalm 102, verses 1 through 11. Psalm 102, verses 1 to 11. And we're going to read responsively. So if we can rise. So it's up there, so I'll start. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as on the, on the earth. My heart is stricken with my breasts, so that I forget to keep my prayers. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I watch, and am as a sparrow alone on the housetop. My enemies approach me all day long. Those who surround me swear over me. For I have eaten ashes for bread and mingled my drink with weeping. And we read 11 together. My days are like a shadow that declines. And I'm withered like grass. You see, in, you may sit down. In 2021, 12.3 million people seriously thought about suicide. 3.5 million people planned an attempt to kill themselves. And 1.7 million people did indeed attempt to kill themselves. It's estimated that there is one suicide every 11 minutes. And you think that this happens only among people of low or no means. But in this land of plenty, the United States ranks fourth after South Korea, Spain, and Sweden 
when it comes to the number of people who kill themselves. And the simple question is, but why? Now, beside mental illness, it all boils down to people's inability to deal with stresses. People acting impulsively in moments of crisis, financial crisis, relationship breakups, chronic pain and diseases, a sense of isolation, abuse, violence, laws, conflict, disaster. You know, the list is really long, and you can add more and more to that. But people are checking out of this world as if out of a hotel because they've had it with this world. They're disappointed. This is not the world that they had hoped for themselves. This world holds nothing for them. There is no hope left. So they take their exit. Despair, disappointment, despondency, frustration. Oh yes, and we are all walking around smiling and showing a, a worry-free exterior. But truth be told, Frustration lies just beneath the surface. Frustration that does bottle up as we soldier on. And just as we read, Psalm 102 is really sad to read. It shows a man in deep anguish, pouring out all the contents of his soul. It's a passionate cry for help. It shows a man who has all but given up, hanging on by a thread. And that could easily be you and me. Look at the title of the psalm in the NIV Bible. And it says, A prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament before the Lord. And it starts with, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hear my prayer. Not someone else's prayer that I have borrowed, not words put together by others, but my own, in my own way, how I speak from my heart. Yeah. I, may ha I may not have the eloquence of others, but Lord, this is how I communicate. See, he's not uttering words because others have used them in their prayers. Words that may not mean anything to his situation. He's not repeating some memorized words He's not trying to be an orator. He's simply pouring out his complaints. Not complaints to find fault with God, but his supplication to God. You see, times of desperation call for your own prayer. Now, the psalm shows a man who needs someone to talk to instead of bottling it up. He's desperately seeking audience with God. And how good it feels when you can unburden your soul onto a sympathizing ear. Especially someone you can trust to keep your business confidential. And no one does that better than the Lord God. Now I like the song that says, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, and pitied every groan. Long as I live and troubles arise, I hasten to his throne. Why? Because he's ready to listen to our groans. 
It's a shoulder to lean on and cry. Verse 2 says, don't hide your face from me when I'm in trouble. Incline your ear to me, and when I call, answer me speedily. Now, he feels his plea is not getting through. God is not listening. He's not paying attention. And that can be frustrating when you narrate your, your issues to someone and they look away as if they don't care, right? It can be painful when you feel that your problems are being ignored. Nobody seems to care, and you can't get any answers. The man, in his frustration and, and desperation, seems to be issuing commands to God. Look at me, God. Look at my situation. Listen to me. Answer me speedily. Yes, that shows desperation. But we cannot command God around to do anything. He will do what he will do because he's sovereign. Yes, he will respond when he will respond. But nothing stops us from seeking immediate answers. After all, being human, our perspective is different from God's. Yes, there are times when God snatches us from the fire speedily. But there are times also when he takes what seems to us to be an interminably long time. He does what is best for us at the right time. But why didn't the man simply say, get me that out of this trouble now? He probably remembered that God's promise is that he will be with us in our troubles. He may not take us out of the trouble speedily, but we can be sure that he's there with us. In verses 3 to 11, the man lists all his many troubles. My days are consumed like smoke. My life is vanishing like smoke. My days are dark like smoke. It's all doom and gloom around me. It's as if I'm constantly in mourning. Dark clouds have circled me. All joy and pleasure is gone. And my bones are burned as a fireplace. I have pains all over. It's like fire in my bones. My heart is smitten, broken really, and withered like grass. I'm dejected, I have no energy or pleasure to live. So much so that I forget to eat food. <laughs> now that might be something for some of us to forget that we haven't eaten food. The sadness has to be very heavy for that to happen for some of us. But when we are heartbroken, we may forget our hunger. Yes, when we feed on sorrow, it saps our appetite. And the man groans so much that his bones cleave to his skin. He's probably emaciated. He's like a pelican of the wilderness, like a desert owl, like a sparrow perched alone on the housetop, sitting miserably and precariously by itself. He's all alone, no comforter, no companions, no friends, broken by loneliness. He's grieving in silence like the silence of the desert, all by himself 
like in the, 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 the solitude of the desert. But wasn't it the, the, the psalmist who compared himself to the almighty eagle that soars higher and higher and is not weary? How come he's comparing himself to a miserable bird perching on a rooftop and is not able to fly away? You know, sorrow and hurt and affliction will do that to you. Oh, the man gets no love. People talk about him, of course, not to praise him, but to revile him incessantly, like he's dead. Oh, you say he had it coming? It serves him right? You've heard or said it before about others, haven't you? Why he cannot eat food by reason of his sorrow? He eats ashes for food. And he mingles his drink with tears. He cries so much that he drinks his own tears. Pity. Like we do privately. And the tears must have been pouring down from his eyes. Then he blames God for his troubles. God, you raised me high up. Then you dropped me. By reason of the height where you took me, my fall has been great and painful. You prospered me greatly, and then you followed that with much affliction. So for 11 verses, the man wallows in self-pity. And are we here any different? See, some of us, including myself, have been and still are in the same place as the afflicted man. We have prayed earnestly, fervently, passionately, as best we know how, but our struggles seem immovable, unsolvable. We have often wondered if God is listening. We know he sits high and looks low, but could he come a bit lower down so he can see us and hear us? And we have a lot for him to see and hear. We can sit here and list our woes all day. Well, of course, only those that we elect for others to, to know, right? Yeah, there are some things that I want to keep between I, me, and myself and present them to the Lord only, privately. Can he see and hear us when physical and emotional pain and endless suffering bombard us? When poor health and diseases steal our joy? Where is his help when the bank account has been depleted? When creditors harass us? When the job closes and we are told not to come back on Monday? When the hope of finding another job fades? Where is he when we have defaulted on the mortgage or rent and we are looking at a show eviction and homelessness? When we can't get out of our financial mess and food is fast running out? I don't know if you've checked today's news, but it says that it is reported that with car repossessions and home foreclosures on the rise, a growing number of Americans are living on a financial cliff. And where do you go from a cliff? 
towers, right? And where is he? When fear and anxiety grips us like a vice, fear of things we don't understand and can't control, fear for an uncertain future. When our relationships go sour, when we are heartbroken and there is no one to comfort and cheer us up, like that lonely sparrow, when we are alone in a sea of people. You know, we are here presenting a no care in the world exterior when life is one big hell, one dark, gloomy hell. Can you see and hear that? When the busybodies don't seem to want to leave us alone or stay out of our business, to them we can't do anything right. We don't measure up. Then there is the mother of all burdens, our sin burden. We trip and fall every day under the weight of our burden, even when we have the best of intentions. We're frustrated and distraught. We are desperate and disappointed. No, we can't take this anymore. We are past ready to check out. But let's go back to verse 1. Who is this afflicted man? This lonely man who is in deep anguish in the psalm. Well, it doesn't even call itself a psalm. It says it's a prayer. And who is this man praying here? Some say David, others say Jeremiah. But the writer of the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 14, quotes this psalm to indicate that the struggling crying man, the extremely pained and lonely man who is staring death in the face, is none other than Jesus Christ. Especially Hebrews 1, verses 10 and 12, it gives us an indication that. The psalm of prayer is a discourse between God the Father and God the Son, in which the Father calls the Son God, it's to cheer him up. When you have time, read that. So if you think you have troubles, you are in good divine company. Or are you drowning in your tears because of your troubles? Hebrews 5, 7 to 8 says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Does life steal your joy and replace it with sorrow? Well, Jesus was called the man of sorrow. Do you feel lonely and rejected with no real friends around? Well, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. Are you facing eviction from your home or apartment? You know that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you insulted and despised? Well, he was reviled too, only he did not revile back. Are you buffeted by temptations on all sides? He was tempted in every way imaginable, just like us, except that he did not sin. And when you read Hebrews 2.18, it says, 
For because he himself suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Are you breaking down under the weight of your burdens? Well, he bore the, the, the full weight of our sins so that we might live. He took on a responsibility that was ours, not his. So when you think that you're the only one with a heavy burden and you want to drop it and give up, consider the cross. He did not give up. Oh yes, we always think everything is about us. And in Psalm 102, 1 to 11, as we read, the afflicted man goes on and on all about himself. And that makes the, 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 the psalm sad indeed. However, take a look at verse 12. And I think uh, we have that on the board, on the screen. Psalm 102, verse 12, it's not there, I'm going to read it. It says, but thou, O Lord, shall endure forever. I perish, but thou wilt not. My nation has become almost extinct, but thou art altogether unchanged. And that is like a breath of fresh air. I have issues, I have struggles, I have troubles, but that word here is like a burst of light in a, in a dark, gloomy place. Bright beams dispelling darkness. The heat from the sun of righteousness dissipating the, hang, the, the clouds hanging over the afflicted man. But he came to himself and got a hold of his emotions. If we would take a moment from drinking from the fountain of self-pity and negativity, we would see and acknowledge that there have been some such sunny days in our lives. We would admit that Ebenezer, from way back when, the Lord has been our helper. It's grace that has brought us this far, and grace we see us through this one too. We would give room to, but in our lives. It has all been I, I, woe is me, but now it is but thou, O Lord. All along in our struggles is all about the Lord, about his plans for our lives. That through our problems, our difficulties, our afflictions, our infirmities, our pains, our loneliness, we will come to know him better, to rely on him more. And that's what Paul calls a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan designed to keep us humble, a constant reminder that we are weak by ourselves. Without him, we can do nothing. It is to teach us faith. Where we come to the point where we can sing that whatever be tied, God will take care of us through every day, or all the way, God would take care of us. Let's read Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. And I'm going to read it in the message uh, Bible version. It says, though the cherry trees don't blossom, 
and the strawberries don't ripen. Though the apples are worm-eaten and the wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm king of the mountain. In spite of all the doors, the, the, the cherry trees not blossoming, the sheep, sheep pen being empty, and all the failures, I feel like I'm king of the mountain. You see, farming is not the easiest of jobs. Even in these days of technological advancement and precision agriculture. And for a farmer to see his farm fail this badly, to hit rock but with nothing to show for his labor, must be hard to take. But the prophet says, yet, or but, I will rejoice in the Lord. No, he's not out of his mind to be happy about a painful situation. This is faith. And when you continue some, uh, 112, 12, uh, verse 102, verse 12 says, the Lord endures forever. Amen. And verse 27 says, but thou art the same, and thy years have no end. And the one who gave you those sunny days, this in which you laughed and burst into songs of praise, is unchangeable. Amen. So you can trust him. You can count on him to be there to give you more. Matthew 10, 29 says that. He sees the sparrow when it falls, and he cares. You see, it is he who perfumes each libel. And if he cares about little birds and little flowers, I know he watches me, and he cares about me. Psalm 139 verse 6 assures us that nothing about me is ever hidden from his eyes. So he knows when I'm he knows what I'm going through. You go to verse 19, he says that he sits high and he looks low. But is that all? He just watches me, just observing me from his pleasant course above while I suffer down here below sitting high and looking low and doing nothing. Though verse 20 assures me that he hears the groaning of the prisoner and he says loose those who are appointed to death. Which means that he sees, he hears, and he acts to deliver me from my afflictions. Yes, he pities every one of my groans. That is why I must hasten to his throne. Yes, there's turmoil on every hand. We are afflicted, tormented, stressed out. Life is cruel and unbearable. And it seems the only way is to check out. Just end it all. As verse 24 says, oh my God, just take me away. That seems to be what he is saying. But don't give up yet. Hang in there. Because verse 13 says that, the time of his favor is coming. We want the solution and we want it right now. 
But just hanging there, no matter what, he was stepping at his appointed time. He promised to be there when we need him most, at his appointed time. Our struggles are tough, but he is tougher. They seem undaunting, but try not to imagine your problems greater than your God. We are overwhelmed, distressed, we're destitute. But then verse 17 assures me that he hears the prayers of such, the destitute. And he's near, nearer than you think. He's right there by your side, even before you seek him. And even if he doesn't take away your burden, he'll provide the pad to bear it. So in conclusion, whatever our burden is, let's have the hope and trust and confidence that Paul had when he wrote 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 to 10. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despair of life itself. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such deadly peril and will deliver us again. On him we set our hope and he will continue to deliver us. Just hang in there. Amen. Amen. That is a beautiful message from the Lord. Amen. It just goes to show you two things. Number one, that you have the strength of God to make it. And God is on your side. Amen. All the things that we go through is just for us to be able to relate to what Jesus went through for us, for to be saved. Amen. So hang on in there. Hang on in there. And I want to just empower you now, right now. If that's any one of you that is experiencing this, these things right now, where you want to give up and you feel that the pressures of life is just too hard, you, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. When, you, when, when the devil is just truly just pressing you on every side and you don't even know where to turn, I'm asking you to turn to Jesus right now. And if that's you, just, just, just stand with me. Just stand with me. Just stand with me. Let me pray for you. Loving God, we have heard your message from your servant. We believe, God, that this message, O oh Lord, is a timely message because how the enemy comes in and distracts us and discourages us and we even entertain the problems of our life without even seeking you as being the problem solver. But today, God, we give that back to you, saying thank you for this message because we believe that as greater is in us than he that is in the world. For those who have been struggling and their focus been on nothing but the problem, God, I ask right now that you just will break that particular chain in their life. 
Let them see that it was you that was struggling on that cross. Let them see that it was you that struggled for salvation for our sins. Lord, it was you who decided to go through all the painful situations just for us to be strong and rich in Christ. So, Lord, we ask that you fix our focus, oh, Lord. And let us see, God, that you've given us the strength to make it. We believe that the world is going to get worse before it gets better. But we also know and believe that you are with us. Because you have promised that you will be with us to the end of the world. So for that reason, oh God, we can praise you. But as we journey on through life, we ask that you will give us the small breakthroughs and the small breakthroughs that will give us the strength to keep us encouraged to keep moving forward to reach the promised land. So Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, strengthen us now where we are weak and raise us up in our spirit to continue to journey with you, being led by your spirit, being guided by the light of heaven that we may be saved. Remember our families because we want our families to be saved too. And Lord, whatever it takes, by any means necessary, save us all. Do all that you can to remind us to hang on in there because our payday is coming and our reward will be forever. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. that you tell the world tell the world about Jesus tell them about what he has done for you be a witness for the Lord amen so we can help God build his kingdom so we can get on out of here so we can hasten the second coming of Christ amen tell somebody come on and stand with me let us give our benediction and then we are going to allow the spirit of God to meditate us reflecting on what we heard and experienced today amen Let us pray. God, thank you for allowing us to have in this time with you in worship. We pray, oh God, that as we leave this place, Lord, we are ask that your spirit will travel with us and where we can be a witness and a testimony to someone else that Jesus truly is coming back and he wants them to be saved in his kingdom. So God, as the opportunity presents itself, we ask that you will empower us and encourage us to speak a word of truth to somebody that you love them. And if they would just repent of their sins and give their life to you, that you will save them. Help us help you build your kingdom. So as we go, God, 
Give us an opportunity to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. This is our prayer. This is our plea. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 As we go. Somebody. 